This is Observations QNO Podcast for Friday, the 13th of August, 2021. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dale Franks. I'm Michael Wade. And I'm not even sure where to start. Um, if it had been Bruce on here tonight, I would be asking, why can't our military leadership win wars? Because I am watching a redo of Saigon 1975 unfold right before my eyes in Afghanistan. Yeah, it is eerily similar. And, uh, of course, Joe Biden has uh, asked the uh, Taliban not to uh, assault the U.S. Embassy because, you know, that would just be bad and would make them look bad in the eyes of the world, which, of course, the Taliban are traditionally so uh, so enamored of what the rest of the world thinks of them. Yeah, what was it that uh, Saki said was, uh, you know, well, they need to decide, you know, what, what's their place going to be in the international community. And all I think it was like, well, yeah. they pretty made, much made that clear already, haven't they? Yeah. I mean. Yeah, one of, one of our listeners wrote, I expected stagflation, not Saigon. Well, guess what? You're going to get both. Both, yeah. So, you know, May. welcome to 1975. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's time we all relived a little bit of the 70s, except with much shittier music. And fewer drugs, apparently. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when I look at how these people try to govern, I have to wonder. You know, I, 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 there's, first of all, Joe Biden has been wrong about every foreign policy decision he's ever made uh, for his entire career. He's got a 50-year track record of constantly being wrong, so... I expected things to go south. Um, honestly, after spending 20 years nation-building in Afghanistan, I would have expected them to limp along for at least another year. Yeah. But clearly, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, next 9-11, and if I was the Taliban, I would do it this way, uh, we'll probably see the fall of Kabul. Joe Biden said, um, Joe Biden said, we're not going to see, you know, you know, Americans being airlifted off the embassy. Well, no, of course not. You've already moved the embassy to the airport. Right. <laughs> yeah. Tricky uh, Biden there. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I was in favor of getting out of Afghanistan. I, I thought that actually was a good idea. We haven't accomplished anything. Um, and we're just you know, sitting ducks, essentially. Um, you know, we're not moving anybody's opinions one way or the other, so there's not much point. So I was definitely in favor of getting out, but there needs to be a way to do it correctly. Um, and we needed to be honest and say, look, this means that Taliban are going to come back. Yeah, well, you know, I've, I've long since come around to the conclusion that what we should have done is gone in, killed all the Taliban that we could find, um, carpet bomb them and leave and say, if you guys can't figure this shit out, we're coming back. That's kind of how I see it, too. But, I mean, you asked why we can't, the military can't win wars. It's because we don't do that. We bow to the U.N. Um, and to these stupid rules of engagement, and we try to, to make friends. No, there are enemies. You kill your enemies. You just kill them. And you do it with overwhelming force that, you know, they either beg uh, for an ending or, you know, they die to the last man. 
Well, we have not fought a war the way we had in World War II since 1945, and nor have we won a war in the same way that we won World War II since 1945. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, even the Korean War, we ended up with a detente, a very uneasy detente, and left a suicidal maniac uh, you know, north of the 54, yeah. And his, his deranged family now. Yep. So, yeah, there's that going on. There's the whole thing at the border going on. And I think we hit a 13-year high with uh, 240,000 immigrants, as we are now calling them, uh, coming across yeah. the border. Um, and the report that I'm seeing is that uh, certainly at one uh, area in Texas, 40% tested positive for COVID. Yeah, was that, I think it was in Laredo, maybe. Yeah, meanwhile, Joe Biden is saying, well, you know, we may have to prevent any interstate travel unless you've been vaccinated. Oh, really? Yeah, what the hell was that? <laughs> I mean, I, first of all, I don't even know how he thinks he could do that. I mean, maybe Congress could do it, but, you know, there is still heart of Atlanta, which says it's a constitutional guarantee to move freely between states. So... I, I I just don't know what they're thinking other than they've got people so scared out of the minds that they'll, you know, they'll do, they'll knuckle under to any power play. Well, look, th this whole thing about getting people scared out of their minds. Um, uh, there was a, uh, a CBS news report of, um, uh, it was on the CBS evening news. And I, I, I wish I had brought it up. Um, and I would share the video with you uh, if I could find it real quick. But it's this doctor in Florida who is fleeing for how, um, you know, uh, all these children, they need to be masked and, and everybody is being killed and everything. And she starts, you know, putting on the tears and everything. And then she says, breaks up laughing and says, I can't do this. And they played that on CBS News. Uh, her name is Dr. Pia Myers. Um, and uh, if I can... Uh, if I can find this um, now, for you who are listening, you're only going to hear the uh, you're only going to hear the uh, the audio. Unfortunately, you will not see. But uh, I think if I can get this thing started, and it's so hard to find this video and to get it to work, the CBS website just sucks. I mean, it really sucks. Um, so. I, I thought I saw it on uh, on YouTube, but you you really have to um, you really have to see this to believe it. And if I did see it on YouTube, hey, guess what? <laughs> It'll be in my history. Ah, you gotta love that. Um, so apparently, it's not in my history. So apparently, I didn't see it on YouTube. I forgot where I saw. It. But I mean, the whole what was it really? Um, just You'd have to hear it in, in, in the context. You'd have to see it almost and hear it in context to understand how cynical it actually is. Um, and let's see if I have this. Uh, here we go. 
Turning now to the COVID Here's pandemic the as kids return. So I'm going to scrub through it. For salaries. I'm actually going to pop it open now on YouTube. If they require and masks in schools. It's about parental choice, uh, not government mandate. Let me turn it down here just a little bit while we do this. And I know this seems like a real weird exegesis, but you, you really have to see this to believe it. So I am going to share here. That way, Michael, you can see it at least on your phone since we're in, since we're in Zoom. Okay, and I can scrub and I can go to exactly the part where I need to scrub. So, okay. Oh, wait a second. There we go. Right here. So, uh, I'm going to start playing it from here. And I'm going to go full screen so that you can see it. Well, doctors like Pia Myers, who had this message. I'm trying to encourage everybody to please take this Delta variant very seriously due to the transmissibility. It is incredibly contagious and our children are getting sick. I can't do this. <laughs> oh my God. Clearly overcome with emotion. We <laughs> Jesus. It's the tagline, clearly overcome with emotion. <laughs> no, she's, the emotion she's overcome with is called laughter, you ass. Yeah. I mean, she just, uh... she just bursts out laughing. I mean, okay, if, if that doesn't tell you that they're just lying to us. They're just lying to us, just like CNN lied today and said four teachers have died in Florida amid the governor's ban on mask mandates in schools. Hey, Schools so haven't started. started in Florida. <laughs> they caught COVID in July, for Christ's sakes, and now they're dying a week before school starts. So their status as teachers, irrelevant. The governor's mask mandate for schools or a ban against mask mandates in schools, irrelevant. They picked the, oh, and by the way, it appears that it wasn't actually four. It appears that it was two. However, other than that, the story's right on point. <laughs> and how would you want to bet? Well, it's Broward County. Um, the likelihood of them being Trump supporters is pretty low. Yeah, almost almost nil, one would say. One would definitely be able to say that. So, you know, we're just, you know. But that's just it. It's all, it's just naked emotional uh, um, appeals and moral panic. And it's creating a mass psychosis event. I mean, it's, it's, it's really kind of scary. You see, because it's not just here. You know, you're seeing it uh, throughout Western Europe, Australia, where they're cutting, they're they're literally keeping people inside. Deploying the military like, to, to keep people inside. Uh, because they had a bunch of cases, but no deaths. It's, they're at the equivalent of, of zero deaths. It, 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 it's gotten insane. It, it, it's just, I mean, there's no other way to, there's... One of two things is happening. Either this is all intentional so that they can continue to exercise control over people and they just don't want to give it up. Or they are so terrified of being held responsible in any way, shape, or form for any bad things that come out of COVID and they are so risk averse, they're just ordering, okay, you have to have a, a shot and you have to have, oh, and by the way, now it appears that after a couple of months, those, those vaccinations are not very worthwhile um you're going to have to have booster shots and apparently it's just going to be interminable booster shots for six months every six months for the rest of your life one supposes um because the the protection that they grant is 
very temporary. And by six months, I believe they said the Pfizer was only 45% effective. The Moderna was somewhere around 60% effective. So it looks like it's a little better according to what the CDC tells us. But who knows if what the CDC is telling us is, is actually the truth. I, I, I don't know because you know we have in the space of a month gone from you don't need masks to you do need masks to there's no reason to have booster shots to you do have to have booster shots to Fauci himself going from well there's no reason to implement uh, 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 vaccine mandates very difficult to do to yeah I just think we have to just implement vaccine mandates so who knows whether anything that the CDC says is true at any given time and this week we learned that one of the policy uh, statements put out by the CDC was based on an infographic they got from the New York Times. Yep. They're making policy, oh, and, then they're, and it was a false then, infographic. It was wrong. So they're making policy off of off of incorrect infographics. They're just grabbing out of newspapers. Well, if they're not doing that, then they're basing it off of uh, you know studies from India about a vaccine that's not even given here and has been rejected for peer review at least four times. So how, you know, how reliable is the, the CDC and the information they're giving us? As far as I can tell, not very. Yeah, not very much at all. I, and I've never seen an agency that actually had a relatively high um, degree of public trust uh, because you think, well, a medical agency, they're kind of free of politics. I've never seen an agency so thoroughly and uh, and almost intentionally destroy their credibility over the course of the last year as the CDC has. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, that's kind of scary too, when you think about it, because, you know, back when the CDC was all about uh, eradicating smallpox and polio and things like that, uh, they did a damn good job. You know, they were professional, they were competent, but it seems like competence has just gone out the window with pretty much all the agencies, even the ones where you only needed a minimal amount of a competency. I mean, just as an example, look at our intelligence services. You know, they have missed so many things over the past 30 years. You know, they were shocked when uh, it turned out that Pakistan had the bomb. They were shocked when India turned out to have the bomb. I mean, they had no idea what was really going on in Iraq prior to either the Desert Storm or Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, they literally get stuff wrong all the time, and they're never held accountable for it. I mean, and somehow they let the 9-11 hijackers knew where they were, what they were doing, and they still couldn't stop. Every institution that we have grown up investing faith and trust in, in this country has failed every single yeah, one very much so. over the last couple of decades, you can just point to an, just an increasing amount of failure. We, we, there's no wonder our government can't accomplish anything. NASA this last week announced that, well, you know, we're trying to work on a, this, this trip to go back to the moon. It's really, really darn, pretty darn important, but unfortunately we can't do that because well, we just can't get these spacesuits designed. We've we've spent six hundred million already. It's probably going to take another four hundred million um, to to modernize these space spacesuits, and it's going to take till after twenty twenty four. Only the U.S. government can spend a billion dollars and 
and five years updating a technology they've used for six or 55 years. And still not accomplish anything. Yeah, and still accomplish nothing. And meanwhile, we've got private citizens, you know, launching themselves into space to commercial space flight. I think I I I think it would be hilarious if Elon Musk launched a manned mission to the moon in the next eighteen months. You know what? I'm not entirely sure he couldn't. I I don't see why he couldn't. I mean, it wouldn't shock me in the least. I mean, we already know what the technology is, and we know what the issues are. So. I mean, you can retrofit and still do it. Yeah, it is it is just the sheer incompetence and inability to do even small things, not even the great things. I mean, can you imagine if we had this kind of government over the last 30 years back in the, like the 20s and 30s, 40s? We would have built nothing. No, we'd, we we'd, would. Have, we'd have gone communist by 1938. Yeah, no shit. I mean... Well, if not just fascist, um, I mean, the Hoover Dam would have never gotten built. I mean, how many bridges would never have been built? Would we have ever gotten around to actually building aircraft carriers? I mean, I have serious doubts that these things could have happened. Yeah, it, 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 it never ceases to amaze me, the level of fail in every public institution that we have. And I honestly don't, I, I, I don't know what can be done to turn it around. I, I'm not sure if there is anything that can be done. I mean, look, we, we know what a solution would be is to, uh, you know, drastically reduce the federal government's um, meddling in our, you know, in our lives, uh, which would reduce the need for any a, a great deal of these agencies. Um, that'd be, but how likely is that? I mean, <laughs> I mean, have we? I don't. I. I I'm, there probably are a couple, but I. I can't think of any agencies that have ever been canceled. Um, as well, you know what? Done our job. <laughs> we don't. We don't need this anymore. I mean, they sometimes get combined into larger agencies, but I, I can't think of any that have, have actually, uh, you know, been put put away and and shut down. No, we never, we never do. I remember Ronald Reagan running on eliminating the Department of Education that was created under Jimmy Carter. Right. And yeah, why do we have a Department of Education at the federal level? At the level? federal level. Yeah, all of, we could cut the size of the federal government by two thirds. Oh, easily. Yes. Not that that would solve our problem with Social Security and Medicare, but. No. But it would solve a lot of the, the, the sclerosis that's, you know, makes it so we can't actually get things done. It would free up dollars that are uh, now having to go towards government functions for the actual private sector, which will put them to much better use and be more efficient with them. Will there be failures? Yeah, absolutely. But at least when they fail, they go out of business. That's sort of, uh, you know, that's actually a feature, not a design. Well, there's a there's a book out called The Collapse of Complex Societies by Joseph Tainter. Yeah, I've heard of this. And his entire thesis is that basically societies end up collapsing when the the bureaucratic and parasitic load on that society destroys its ability to adapt to new changes. 
And as far yeah, as I can tell, best. we're as far as I can tell, we're perilously close to that point. Yeah, well, that's uh, pretty close to uh, what? Uh, what's? Why am I forgetting his name right now? Uh, the French guy I wrote about visiting to America, and, and we said that Alexis uh, de Tocqueville. To Tocqueville, thank you. Who said, uh, you know, this will work great until the populace figures out that they can um, vote themselves the largesse of the of the country, <laughs> and that's essentially what's happening. Well, that's that's what our politics, certainly for the Democratic Party, has now all boiled down to. You can have anything you want, and somebody else is going to pay for it. It doesn't even matter if somebody else pays for it. Now they're all on this uh, modern monetary yeah. theory. Now you can just have anything says, you want. We'll just print up. I'll just call up the treasury and have them print out a couple of rolls of C notes. We'll be fine. It's like they somehow think inflation doesn't actually exist or something. I, I don't, I, I just, I can't even process the thinking because they just ignore economic reality. Yeah. Well, and, the producer price index jumped 7.8% last month. So apparently inflation's still a thing. Huh. Oh, and, one uh, wonder. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we're, we spent another like one point seven trillion uh, in the last quarter. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, thanks to what was it uh, fourteen fifteen Republicans, um, including Mitch McConnell, uh, we're now going to have our infrastructure bill. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to stop that that three and a half trillion. Now, I did see today that a bunch of. Uh, I, I, I've seen as many as seven, and I also saw nine of the House Democrats are balking at the three and a half trillion. Um, and I've also heard that Manchin and Cinema are also balking at it. But here's the problem: if it goes into reconciliation, you only need 51 votes. That's exactly right. So, I, and I w- it wouldn't shock me if some of these feckless Republicans uh, joined in on it. To get their goodies for we're, their state. We're, we are right back to to the same problem we've had since 1980, which is the Democrats want to run us off the cliff at an insane and imprudent 80 miles an hour, while the Republicans want to do it at a fiscally responsible 55 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> yeah, cliff's a cliff. <laughs> when you get there, it's over. You know, and so, we are getting there faster. I mean, if this, infl- I don't know how they're going to rein in this inflation. It's basically Especially- Thelma. It's basically Thelma and Louise sitting in a Cadillac convertible, arguing over about how fast to go <laughs> before they commit suicide by running off the cliff. I mean, how do you wring out, you know, thirteen trillion, fifteen trillion dollars of of liquidity? I, just, I don't see how that's going to work. You ring it out with inflation. That's how you ring it out, and then you ring it out with interest rates uh, at uh, you know uh, the federal funds rate at fourteen percent. We've done this before. Well, we've never done it with this much, and it's you're talking That's like true. Zimbabwe and <laughs> interest rates, and I mean Weimar uh, having to get paid twice a day because <laughs> you know the the inflation uh, goes up so quickly. <clears throat> well, they'll just tell us take all of our dollar bills. And just add, you know, whatever the denomination is, $1, right, $5, $20, just put three extra zeros at the end and we'll accept it. Right. <laughs> you can just write them on with a Sharpie. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I'm surprised Venezuela didn't try that when they couldn't even afford to buy new new notes. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when you can't even afford to buy new currency, you know that you've spent a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if uh, the kangaroo's getting closer right now. It may be sprinting to us. Yeah, it really does look like a... It just... I, I looking at where we were, you know, economically a year ago, and looking at where we are now, it, I know it's just crazy. It, it's it's just an absolute unmitigated disaster, and now we're and you know, fully predictable. That's the, that's the really bad part. Is it's fully predictable. Yep, and you know, I, I predicted that something very much like this would happen if Joe Biden got elected. He got elected, but it's turning out to be worse than than I thought because you know the. The complicating factor in all of this is COVID and our societal uh, just abject fear of of COVID. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine today whose uh, son was sent home from school yesterday afternoon. And so he got home yesterday uh, night and learned that his son was sent home from school because of a possible exposure to COVID. So his son is going to have to stay home for, you know, a, a... a couple of 14 days, days. and um, has to be tested. Uh, and then if, if he shows no symptoms and te- or tests negative, uh, then he'll be allowed to go back into school. Uh, actually, they're going to let him go after a week if he passes a test. And so, okay, fine. So my buddy went back to work today. He, he runs a uh, uh, an insurance firm in Kentucky. And he goes back to work today. And... Um, Tells his secretary what happened, and she just went off on him, he said, and started telling about how he didn't care, how he should have told her, and now he was exposing her, and she has all these high-risk relatives. And he's like, I, I have high-risk relatives, too. And she just <laughs> went off on him. He said, I almost fired her. I mean, this Jesus. This, this level of fear is, I you know, I never thought of Americans as being a particularly frightened people. And, hell, they had that... Uh, that uh, British newspaper, I guess last week, had a survey about what animals do you think you could beat? And, you know, like twice as many Americans thought they could beat a grizzly bear as a grizzly <laughs> Okay, it wasn't a high number of people who thought they could beat a grizzly bear. But it was substantially more than the Brits who thought they could. Uh, and we're the, we're the same people who are cowering in terror over this. Look, I, I know it's going to kill some people. I have comorbidities. I'm, I'm diabetic. If I catch it, I might be in some serious serious bad juju with it um and look i'm not that scared of it if it i mean if it happens it happens and i certainly don't want to shuffle off this mortal coil with it but you know i i just i i cannot i i, I can't live a life of fear every day it's just too draining it, it, it I, I just can't do it yeah i guess that's where where i go i mean I was never worried about it, but I was anxious. I, I mean, I wanted to get the shot as quickly as I could just because I, I wasn't worried about the shot, you know, making me sterile or something. I don't know what all the crazy things were going around. Yeah, I took um, care of that years ago. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really bother me at all. <laughs> That'd be a benefit, if anything. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't, I was never worried, but I'm still not worried about it. I still think it's overhyped. I mean, the mortality rate is still something under one. Uh, and I think it's closer to like uh, point, point 0.4 or something. It's, it's, it's down there. 
Um, and you say, well, there's 328 million Americans. And then I guess like another 30 illegals. I don't know. Um, yeah, but it's only the people who get it. So unless everybody gets COVID, which isn't likely, then no, it's, it's actually not going to be that high. I mean, in the last year and a half, we've lost 600, a uh, little over 600, I think 20,000 in America from COVID. And we've had, I mean, it, it, it has to be something like 60 million cases, right? Well, I mean, uh, that we know of. Yeah. You know, well, how many don't we even know of? Yeah, because there's all the asymptomatic ones. Who knows you know, how many people actually had it and never really got symptoms because, I don't know, they have good immune systems or whatever. I mean, meanwhile, I could get, uh, you know, the flu and it'll kill me. And we have a vaccine for that. But we don't shut down everything because of that. You know, there's lots of things that I could catch that we, I mean, that, that could kill me. That we don't, you know, hide in our basements from. And this, this when Ebola was going around, I mean, that was deadly, super deadly. You know, all you have to do is look at the attitude towards masks. Mm-hmm. And we got people running around with all these cloth masks. And by the way, if you want to look it up, it's on the CDC's website. It's been there since 2015. <laughs> they actually did a study of healthcare workers and different types of masks, a controlled study. And they found that cloth masks maybe offered an extra five minutes of protection max. Yep. And then they're, so they're essentially useless. And, you know, all these people. It may who even are, be harmful. And all these people who are running around basically in anything but a KN95 mask. Um, right. And even those that are, aren't wearing them correctly. Yeah. And they're, they're just fooling themselves. It, it's, I, I think we talked about it last week. It, it's a talisman. That's all it is. That's exactly what it is. Yep. It's just now I, I have my magical talisman. Look, it's around my, my, well, it's around my mouth because half of the people are wearing it with their nose exposed. So, mm-hmm. but, but hey, they, they got a mask on, so they're taking this shit seriously. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the same as wearing a St. Christopher's mess, medal. It, it protects you about as, about as much. Yeah. It, 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 but people have latched onto this masking thing like it's, 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 the end-all be-all. Oh, we have to have masks and do all of this stuff. Meanwhile, uh, Barack Obama had his birthday party last week with mm-hmm. somewhere between three and 500 attendees. The number is not entirely clear, but at least 300 attendees outdoors, largely maskless. And um, this week, um, the uh, Nantucket Island is reporting uh, 80 or 68 brand new coronavirus cases, the largest one-week increase since April. Mm-hmm. However, huh. we, 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 we can't say that the, the, these people pouring onto the island, uh, staying at one of them staying at a hotel where six workers at that hotel have now come down with COVID. We, we, you know, we can't say that that's had anything. We shouldn't even it. think it, actually. Yeah, no, we shouldn't. Nor should we think that Lollapalooza where 400,000 people attended. There's no evidence that that was a problem. Yep. Uh, but Sturgis is going to be a problem. Yeah, Sturgis is a problem. But the, the, I think it was the, the Babylon Bee said the organizers at the uh, bike rally at Sturgis um, are smarter than you think because uh, since the virus knows who the, the good people are, uh, they started putting up signs around Sturgis to say, Happy Birthday, President Obama. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's, it, but it is, it's, it's, um, media and government induced panic and, uh, and fear. And it is, well, you, you opposed the question to know if it was, uh, to have, to keep control or to protect themselves from accountability. And I would say, uh, embrace, uh, the power of Anne. Cause I think it's both. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, that, that seems increasingly likely, especially since the, the FDA simply refuses to uh, approve any other treatment than remdesivir, monoclonal antibodies, or a vaccine. Yeah, and I don't get that. I mean, there's even been some studies lately that show some like old, I think it was an antiviral drug of some sort. Uh, it's like 50 some years old, I, I guess, sort of similar to hydroxychloroquine. Um, uh, you're, you're probably talking about ivermectin. Um, no, it wasn't ivermectin. It was something oh, else. Okay. And, and similar to ivermectin. But it's, it's a new study saying that it may help. Um, it it might have been an anti-malarial or something. I know those are also, but um, that may help. But that's getting no no talk. That's not getting any uh, press. Well, here's, and, here's the thing about this. Whenever you're in the middle of... And this comes back to the the CDC constantly making these authoritative pronouncements that they either have to walk back or uh, completely repudiate, you know, uh, two or three or four weeks later. Um, What should have been done from the very beginning was to say, look, we we just don't know. It's a brand new virus. It's never been released in the human population. Unfortunately, we're learning at the same time you are. We're we're trying to figure this out. We should... You know, be talking to clinicians and having clinicians tell us what works. And then we can, you know, release those recommendations more broadly after we have some some data from clinicians about what works. The FDA did exactly the opposite of that. They basically told clinicians, nope, you're not authorized to do any of these other treatments. This is what we're going to allow you to do. With an entirely novel virus that nobody has had to deal with before in a human population, and suddenly the CDC believes they're the pros from Dover, and they can tell clinicians what treatments are appropriate and what treatments aren't appropriate. How the hell does the FDA or CDC have any information about what might be clinically useful? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Fauci's been in Washington uh, for almost 50 years, I think. Man hasn't seen a patient I mean, since the 1980s. Right. <laughs> it's it's like, how, where are you? I mean, I'm sure he knows uh, he's aware of all the studies and stuff, but the man's an administrator. He, he's He is not any kind of real scientist anymore. I mean, I'm sure the guy's really smart and understands his field well, but it seems to me that he's more on the side of protecting government than protecting people. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it seems like to me. And he's very interested in protecting his uh, his. Well, he is the highly pay, highest paid federal worker in the United States. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. In fact, I believe he may be the highest paid public servant in the United States. I don't know. There's some football coaches that make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, are they? Well, I guess that they work for university. They're they're largely public servants as well. Yeah, that's right. There are football coaches that make a lot of money, but there aren't any bureau, civil servants that do. And he is certainly in the United States government. He's the highest paid person in the United States government. Yeah. And that's just crazy. The president would love to have his salary. 
Oh, yeah. How is there not a salary cap, by the way? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. I guess maybe he was grandfathered in. Because didn't they change the Civil Service Act back in the 80s? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> civil service governance has not generally been my strong suit. But uh, I know that this guy is making half a mil a year. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, overcompensated. But, but the way that this should work, whenever you have certainly a, a new disease, a new illness, whatever it may be, the way this should work is information should be filtering up from the doctors and the hospitals to the government, not being mandated from the government in terms of treatment. That That's precisely the opposite of how any of this should be working. Yeah, if you, if you want to actually get to a quicker solution. Yes, that's exactly how it would work. And you know if you're what? running a company. And sadly, that means that some treatments are not going to work. Doctors are going to try things that are unsuccessful. And people are going to die until we figure out something that works. But I tell you how we're not going to figure out something that works. And that's setting up some commission in Washington, D.C. to figure this all out for the thousands of doctors who are operating throughout the United States and, and ultimately the millions of doctors throughout the world. Um, you, this, this cannot be handled bureaucratically. Well, and I'm sure the, the FDA and CDC, are, they're protecting their fiefdoms as well. You know, no, we have the authority, not you. So we're charged with figuring out what's the best. And I don't want to hear from you, plebes, until we tell you. Yeah, just we have made this worse and we're and look donald trump didn't do that that much didn't do that great of a job either um he uh, but the things that he did do were the very things he was criticized for that's the thing that really gets me right he's the guy that I mean, said no travel to china he's the guy that cut off travel to i believe europe as well yep and just said nope yep. nope 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 and of course of course when he cut off travel to china that was just racist well of course I mean, everything he did was racist. So. Um, yeah, and, and Operation Warp Speed was a lot closer to what you're describing in terms of efficiency and uh, calling on the people who are actually on the ground doing the real work. Hey, give give us something, you know, tell us, and then we'll you know put it into action. Uh, a lot closer to that. I mean, Trump did he did that stupid. Uh, eviction moratorium too through yep. the cd well i yep. guess congress allowed him to yeah but well now uh, joe biden just doesn't need congress joe biden doesn't need or, anybody or the supreme court no he's just gonna go ahead and do it, it uh, something that he's i mean talk about impeachable acts this, this is i mean you couldn't have a more clear-cut case no, when you when you go out and tell people, yeah, most constitutional scholars say that this is not constitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway, and that'll give us some time until the Supreme Court probably turns it over. Yeah, well, I mean, the Supreme Court has already said it's not constitutional, and you have several district court cases that say it's not constitutional. So, I mean, it's it's not even a close call. Not no. to mention, I mean, if even if it was constitutional. It'd still be a Fifth Amendment taking if you're depriving these people of their property, the landlords. Yeah, I, I just don't see how it passes constitutional muster at all. Nor do I see how it will pass constitutional muster to sign some executive order that bans travel from state to state. 
but he's talking about it. Yeah. I did see, I think it was Alapan mentioned that this is probably a misinterpretation of what was actually discussed by, uh, by the AP in that what they were probably talking about, and this would make a little more sense is things like, um, you know, public transit or, uh, you know, flying somewhere, cruise ships or something, um, as opposed to walking across the border or, you know, driving across the border. What are they going to do? Just arrest you if they see out of state plates. Right. I mean, or, you know, pull you over and let me see your papers. Well, you know, we're getting awfully close to that. And I think what's frightening is there are a lot of people who are egging that on. Oh yeah. One of the, one of the guys who calls himself a left libertarian. I've never, I've always hated that term. (laughs) Yeah. So whenever you hear left libertarian, basically you can just translate that out as commie. Um, Right. And who's saying, well, people who aren't vaccinated should just be rounded up and shot. They're putting us all at risk. Yeah. Okay. Talk about uh, drinking the Kool-Aid. Exactly. And there are a lot of people, uh, somebody here in San Diego actually went out with a microphone and a camera and just started interviewing people on the street in San Diego saying, hey, should people who refuse to get vaccinated, should they be put in jail or or camps so that they aren't a harm to the rest of us? And the number of people who said, oh, yes, just shocked me. Well, there's lots of space now there because they emptied all the jails because everybody was getting infected with COVID. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact that there's just no logic or reasoning behind anything these idiots say, I mean, that should give you the biggest pause. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, not 80, that anybody 80 some, to this is super surprised. 81 million people voted for Joe Biden, as we are told. Oh, yeah. 81 million. Most ever. Yeah. I mean, he... He got better votes than Obama did. Yeah, he was he, he you know, and still lost uh, lost in demographics. He, he got less uh, black vote, less Hispanic vote, less of the women vote. But I guess there's 81 million uh, uh, trans people out there, or something. <laughs> yeah, I, whatever it is. But speaking of which, the election, Mike Lindell had his cyber symposium this week. I heard about that. Where for months he promised that this would be where he would turn over the incontrovertible proof that the the election was stolen and that he would turn that after the cyber symposium ended yesterday, the 12th, on the 13th, he would turn that over to the Supreme Court, who would undoubtedly rule nine to nothing that the election had been stolen and that Donald Trump was, in fact, uh, the man who had been elected president of the United States. And oh, so, is that where this whole reinstatement That's where this came? whole reinstatement crap came from. So his target date to get Trump reinstated was somewhere around the middle of August. By August 15th, Donald Trump will be back in office. He's pushed that off to September now. Um, <laughs> but, it's I like mean, a doomsday yeah, guy. It's been, been <laughs> delays. But um, he had his cybersecurity conference. And he released, well, the evidence that he said he had, he didn't release it. <laughs> but he did come out um, today, this morning, saying, well, you know, uh, our, our team learned that there was, a, there was a poison pill 
whatever that is. And by the way, I've only worked in IT for 25 years, so please, I don't expect me to know anything about this stuff at all. But there was a poison pill in the PCAP data, and if he'd have released it, it would have just destroyed everybody's computers. Okay, you've had this data for months now. On a and computer. You say you've spent, and you say you've spent, you know, millions of dollars getting it verified. Um, and then somehow the, he, the, he, he said there were Antifa things going on, you see, and mm. that, um, somehow the data was hacked and a poison pill was placed in it. So he couldn't release that data. Yeah. Meanwhile, the one, of his, will end tomorrow. <laughs> one of his own cybersecurity experts told the Washington Times he doesn't have it. We looked through it. it, it it's, not even in a, it's not even in the proper format. We can't analyze it. There's, there's nothing there. We, we can't vouch for that data. Yeah, well, so that he was forced. Yeah, so he was forced to ra- just start railing against his own, you know, red team cybersecurity experts. Um, I never thought he had that evidence. I never thought the evidence that he showed indicated that he had the evidence because what he was showing weren't actually PCAPs, whatever he thinks they were. Um, and, and, oh, and by the way, the guy that got him all of this evidence, that gave him these 37 terabytes of data, uh, didn't show up at the cybersecurity conference. Apparently he had a stroke. Um, he was in the hospital. Couldn't make it. Did, does he also know Hillary, though? Yeah, so no data. <laughs> The evidence, and he presented a lot of other people from various states who said they saw all sorts of shady things going on. Um, okay, fine. Oh, I believe that. I absolutely I, I, believe that. I, I believe that, but that wasn't what you said you were going to spend three days showing us. You said you were right. going to spend three days showing us this data that you never showed us. And now you're saying, well, you don't know when we can see it. But yep. trust me, it's incontrovertible. And look, I, I honestly don't know whether he is just not fully sane or whether he was taken for a ride by this Montgomery fella who, you know, has been described as a con man, um, uh, whether he got taken in by him or whether he's just running a long con. At this point, I, 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 I don't know. And I mean, I get the feeling that he is... Uh he's a true believer yeah I mean, um, that's certainly the impression that i get so so and, so, and he's so my convinced de- himself so my know? default position is that he's been conned and he can't he either can't or won't bring himself to admit that he's he's been conned and he doesn't have what he thinks he has well and wasn't he a, a, a former drug addict that got clean before he started his uh yeah the guy has uh built and destroyed two businesses through his self-destructive behavior with uh, cocaine and crack. Um, yeah. So, so you got to kind of wonder, I mean, it, it it's is, the addictive personality thing, whether that's, he just has that yeah. self-destructive streak that a lot of addicts have. And, and he's now just bought into this lock, stock and barrel. And he's not going to let it go. Um, however, the uh, $1.3 billion lawsuit that Dominion filed against him and Sidney Powell and, and uh, several other defendants. Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, Giuliani, uh, I believe Newsmax. Um, well, you know, <laughs> truth is an absolute defense to, to libel and defamation. Um, True. And he says he has the truth. 
um, but he certainly didn't release it. And, you know, whether he has a bunch of things that should be investigated doesn't really matter if he can't show that Dominion actually did the things that he is still declaring that he's doing. He's saying, oh, now that this lawsuit's going to go forward, I can depose all these guys. Okay, good, good for you. If you had the evidence that you say you have, you wouldn't need to depose anybody. You 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 had already you had already had one by default, and the fact that Dominion is pressing this lawsuit leads me to believe that they probably have a fairly high degree of confidence that you will not be able to prove that they stole the election. Yeah, I mean, you would still have to depose them because he may have evidence, but how does he introduce that evidence? He has to have some way to introduce it. And finding matching copies or doing discovery requests and finding stuff missing. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be all, you know, law nerd. Lawyer, yeah. <laughs> no, I, but, I, I uh, do understand that he will have to depose them so that he can present this evidence as, you know, a rebuttal to their, their lies. But I do, but else, I mean, look, I don't think this, I think this case gets settled uh, for some nominal amount. Um, Sidney Powell seems to me to be in the most uh, precarious position just because some of the claims she made about uh, like, you know, Venezuela elections and and, and all that kind of stuff and like a huge international conspiracy and all the, all these crazy things. Um, Wait, is is it Sidney Powell? That's her name, right? Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I thought maybe I got it wrong. Once a highly um, respected member of the bar, by the way, which is what makes this so weird. Th- yeah, that's what was always so weird to me because she's always been a really good analyst and a very good attorney, from from what I understand. For her to just go batshit crazy was, and like when they were, you know, trying to, and the, also that guy, uh, what was his name Lynn, Lynn who. Lynn Lynn Wood, who who uh, represented the Covington kids. Yeah, uh, I mean, when they were like, "Well, you know, don't even go vote in the runoff election because it's just uh, not." Work. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And uh, like Ali Akbar doing the same damn thing. I mean, he's already kind of crazy. Um, I, I just, I, I really, I, I thought that was so strange. And so, I, I if anybody does is held liable. For defamation, I think she's the one who's most likely. But again, I don't. I don't think it ever gets that far. Although she's pretty stubborn, she she might she might uh, hang out until the end. I don't know. Wow. But it, it is it's just the people just went absolutely apeshit. And and look, there, there people online now, and and people that I know are just still absolutely convinced. Well, he couldn't show us the data because of the the poison pill. Like, yeah, like, like, whatever. Yeah, it, 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 how, how do you, how do you explain to somebody who really doesn't know IT that the whole point of having cybersecurity experts, the reason that they exist, is to deal with poison pills, whatever a poison right. pill is. By the way, um, I still don't know what that is. Um, I mean, you're talking about guys that deal with the blockchain on a daily basis, and they can't open up a couple of PCAP text files. Okay, sure. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, th- th- there was so much squirrely shit that went on during the election, uh, and it was planned. I mean, that was <laughs> the reason that that the Democrats wanted uh, the mail-in voting and just shipping vote- ballots out to everybody and 
you know, all these really stupid, uh, very insecure um, when it comes to ballot processing um, uh, uh, methods was because they wanted to cheat. Now, I, I don't know if they cheated enough to to actually win. But when you have these places, four of them shut down at midnight when Trump's winning and then do all sorts of shady shit. Uh, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, no, uh, Biden won by uh, 12,000 votes or B- Biden won by uh, 80,000 votes. It's like, what? <laughs> I mean, it planted a lot of seeds of, of doubt in people's minds. Now, Trump also was pre-planning those seeds of doubt for sure. I mean, once you get to that stage, when you're like, well, I mean, really, they, they were right. And now you're just looking for anything that confirms your bias, right? And that's, you know, everybody falls into that sometimes. No, just that's a lot true. Of people that's to. true, and I get it. But just as we said on the day uh, or the week after the election, I just find it really difficult to believe that 81 million people voted for Joe Biden. I don't believe yeah, I find that. I, I don't believe difficult. that more people went to the polls and voted for Joe Biden than voted for Barack Obama. I just, I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't. Now, I don't know, I, I don't have any proof that there was any shenanigans going on. I have proof that there was massive vote fraud. I, I honestly don't know enough about how election systems work to know how we could even prove it and how you could, how even, a, you know, these forensic audits that everybody's talking about, you know, how, how, would, how would that prove it? Now, if you have a whole bunch of mail-in ballots and you have constructed your own 20,000 ballots, how would you prove that there was voter fraud unless you, you know, they were all exactly the same, right? Right, exactly. Um, or you found, you know, people who voted 20 times, you know, things like that. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, um, I'm just not, you know, you have people who didn't vote and someone else voted in their name. Um, I, I, I don't know how you would prove that without going door to door and knocking on people's houses and saying, did you vote? And who'd you vote for? Uh, and that has to be millions of interviews. If if every single one of those people w- was even willing to tell you to who talk. they voted for, yeah, because right. most people yeah, no, aren't all that keen these days telling you who they voted for. So I don't, I, you know, I don't know how you'd prove it. Um, which, by the way, means by by default that our electoral system is is so fucked that we can't even determine, we can't even ensure that we're running free and fair elections. I absolutely agree. And I think part of that is, you know, all the expanded voting laws and, you know, election day. Should it be a day off? You know what? I think that's a great idea. Make it a national holiday. Make it a national holiday. And then you have the entire day to go out and vote. And look, I don't even mind having early in-person voting for, you know, two weeks up to the election. I don't even think that's a problem. If it's in person, yeah. If it's in person, yeah. I'm really iffy on just voting by mail or voting. Who is it that was talking about? Well, let's just have people go to a website and vote, you know, via computer. Yeah, (laughs) that sounds so secure. (laughs) No, no, never. No way. Um, So, you know, fine. But ultimately, you have to be able to, and this is, there's no reason to... In my mind, there is no reason to oppose voter ID laws uh, other than you want to have a loophole that ensures you can get people in to vote without having to positively identify them. 
Right. And look, I mean, truth be told, I doubt very much that it's in-person voting uh, on somebody else's behalf. That happens a lot. That it may happen, but I'm sure it's in pretty small numbers. So the voter ID is not going to catch a lot of uh, intransigency, but it will stop attempts to get around it. Yeah, so, I, think I, mean, the, I think the real problem is that you have states like California that just mail out ballots to everybody. You don't actually have so to show Colorado up. and Washington. You don't actually have to show up and vote at all. They just send yeah. a ballot to your home. And of course, those voter rolls are rigorously scrubbed every year. Not. Um, so, hey, you, you get a ballot or two. Hey, why not just vote? Just send them in. Yep. I guess I get more votes this year because you sent me extra ballots. Um, right. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm just filling out the ballot you sent me, man. I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, we have, you know, I I'm thinking we really do need to have a much more secure voting system than we have. And by the way, I'm tired of hearing about Diebold or Dominion or whoever. Let's just freaking write this shit down on paper. I'm 100 behind you. Now, I get the tabulation process is a lot faster uh, if you can fill in the dot test. Um, but, you know, I still think, I mean, I do. I have to fill in the dots. So I'm not doing it on a machine. You know, I actually get a paper ballot. It then gets shoved into the thrown into ballot the office counter. Scan. Right. Now we got to figure um, out how to have people throwing the same, you know, 100 ballots through the OptiScan a thousand times. Right. But, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, there, are, there are a lot of things we could do, and, and some states are trying to do it. And, and every time they do it, yeah, every time they do it, it's called voter suppression. Eric Holder came out uh, today and said, you know, people should be taking to the streets and risk being arrested protesting these, these voter suppression laws. Yeah. I, and and that's just what kills me is you know the Democrats they they project so much you know whatever they're accusing people of doing is exactly what they're doing <laughs> and you know to me the greatest voter suppression is allowing illegals to vote you know um, which is why they want the the border swarmed they think all these people coming up are going to be voting for Democratic goodies. And they're probably not even wrong about a lot of them. <laughs> probably not maybe, wrong. Uh, uh, but, uh, I, you know, you know the three-generation rule. I'm not sure that it's going to continue. Um, but you know, why can't we, you know, you mentioned voter ID. Uh, I think uh, an all-in-person voting, unless you have a good excuse, you know, you're in the uh, the, the hospital or you're away for work, which my wife has had to do a couple times because she's been in San Diego uh, on uh, the election day. Um, you know, th- those are valid excuses. That's fine. But none of this mass mailing out to every possible voter on the voter rolls, cleaning up voter rolls. I, what, I thought that was mandated by a statute or by a, a, a Supreme yeah, Court rule. Yeah, well, it, it, it's not being done. And it's not being done because Democrats oppose cleaning up voter rolls just to even just to remove dead people. They're, they're yep. saying it's a voter suppression now. If everything is voter suppression, nothing is voter suppression, by the way. Yeah. 
Well, that's sort of their MO. But, uh, and hell, I mean, we know Republicans uh, go out and cheat and do this shit too. There's that guy down in the, with the ballot harvesting, the, that guy down in North Carolina. Yeah. Who got caught ballot harvesting and, and stuff in the ballot box. And somehow he didn't get arrested or something. He just, they had, they had a revote or something. They had, I think they ran the election again. Okay, well, I would have arrested the guy and ran the election again. How about that? I, I don't understand why he was allowed to even run again. I mean, you get caught doing something like that. That should be an automatic ouster. Yeah, it should be a disqualification. Well, look, we, we everything that the Democrats are doing for you know how we connect, how we collect votes, um, are just opening up the door for massive fraud. Yes, and they, they and they, that's the point. And they must know that. There's no possible way that they that their stated reason. They must know that they're lying. This 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 is yeah. At some point, it, it ceases to be a mistake, and it actually just becomes intentional. And it's clearly intentional on their part. Uh, it makes it easier to cheat. And I have no doubt that there was a lot of cheating that was going on. Um, and who knows how long it's been going on? But I don't think that the use of electronic voting machines makes it harder to do that. Thing that makes it easier. I agree. So I'm I'm happy to go back to the old. You know what? OptiScan. It's a 50 year old technology, and I'm happy to stay with it. That's about as modern yeah. as I want to get. And then we'll hey, figure just, out how to get yeah, people yeah. from throwing in multiple, you know, sheaves of ballots in over and over and over, somehow. Well, I mean, the amount of time and effort it takes to fill out uh, an OptiScan is. Uh, preclusionary just to start off with if uh if there's some way you can patch it i know these their computers aren't supposed to be online they're just standalones but if somebody hooks them up i mean or you can plug in a i don't know some sort of virus since i mean i don't know how you do that I'm, i don't even know if it's possible but you know that that's that's just opening the door to more fraud well, look, I, I think that, you know, we're so used to being able to have the ability to hook things up. We don't th- have a second thought about doing it. Um, but if you're making a voting machine that has any possibility, it has any Wi-Fi capability built in, it has a uh, Ethernet cable that you can hook into it, anything that makes that other than a standalone machine, um, then we have a problem. Yeah, I mean, I've seen enough Mission Impossible movies to know. <laughs> I remember the Purple Finger Revolution. <laughs> I have more confidence in the Iraqi vote than I do uh, in the way we vote now. Yeah, dip your dip your finger in purple ink. Right. <laughs> That's going to last a week. <laughs> yeah, you're not showing up here again today, smartass. <laughs> Not like you're willing to lose that finger. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's guess... just we, we, we have to do something. Uh, we have to, people have to be sure that who we're voting for is going to win. If not, why, why even have elections? Well, I mean, uh, the Washington elite don't want us to have elections. And, and truly, who runs the country anyway? It's not the elected. I mean, our bureaucrats have way more power than anybody. The, the people at the agencies who actually make all the regulations that Congress gives them carte blanche to write are the ones who are actually 
telling us how we have to live our lives. Yeah. I mean, the Federal Register is literally thousands of pages long. <laughs> That's because Congress won't uh, won't write legislation that uh, doesn't require 10,000 pages of regulations to go along with it. Well, and the problem is because they're trying to control more and more of the minutia of people's lives. The reason that a statute isn't good enough is because they're trying to reach uh, specific behaviors and order uh, specific remedies. Right. It's and, a felony, by the way, to sell an orange that is less than two inches in diameter. Right. <laughs> you cannot call it microwave pizza or microwave, microwave pepperoni pizza unless you have exactly no less than six pieces of pepperoni on there and half pieces count as whole pieces. <laughs> I mean, this is actually in the, the regulations. Yeah, it's, it's, well, again, when you have a bureaucratic parasitic class that consists at this point uh, in, in the federal government alone of millions of people, they're going to find something to do. And, you know, five or six million people who are looking for something to do are going to find it. Yeah, what's well, what was that book? Uh, it's not over governed. It's something like uh, every every day you break like ten laws, you don't even know yeah, it. A crime a day. Yeah, a crime a day. I mean, and it's even worse now. I mean, that book was written like what twenty years ago. Yeah, something like that. It's hard to believe that that book is that old, but yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's been around for a while, and. We wish we had the Federal Register that we had 20 years ago. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, even that was bloated. And by the way, a crime a day actually has a uh, actually has a, a Twitter account uh, where they actually point through point out all of the things that may be crimes. So it's <laughs> um, let's see. It is a federal crime. To transport in interstate commerce any candy that has a non-nutritive object partially or completely embedded inside it. <laughs> like a blow pop? No, Kinder Eggs. Oh, that's right. I remember when they... Yeah, I, I thought they weren't illegal anymore. Um, well, it's 21 U.S.C. Section 342 D1. <laughs> Section 331 and 333 make it a federal crime to transport one in interstate commerce. So, if you import a Kinder Egg from Germany, a chocolate Kinder <coughs> Egg with a little toy inside it, you, my friend, are a felon. Yay. Because that's necessary. I mean... It's no wonder people are so fucking stupid now. Not only has our education been taken over uh, by these patriarchal assholes and social activists. I mean, that's how the government treats everybody. Yeah. Like we're complete morons. Yeah. How about this one? 21 USC Section 331, 333, and 21 CFR Section 133.102B make it a federal crime to deliver Asiago cheese in interstate commerce. 
unless it was cured in a well-ventilated room or has the same properties of Asiago cheese that was cured in a well-ventilated room. Like, who comes up with this shit? <laughs> okay, what are the properties? If, if I don't have a well-ventilated room, what are the properties of well-ventilated room curing that I have to try to replicate? It, 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 and it, you know there's a definition of well-ventilated, too. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that there is. Yeah, it's absolutely, in, 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 it's just insane. And the thing is, you know, it's not like most of these, uh, of these things ever get enforced because, hell, who even knows about them? <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's so true. I mean, you commit uh, a, a crime every day and don't even know it. Yeah, I mean, there's some crimes that I would like to commit. Um, for example, it is a federal crime to bring a motorcycle into a building at the National Institutes of Health. <laughs> because you know that probably happened so often that they had to make a, a federal crime out of it was uh fauci a uh, motorcycling enthusiast at one point i i guess by the or way maybe the guy before him <laughs> it's also a federal crime to refill a liquor bottle with a different liquor than it had when it was originally filled <laughs> that's true just uh, okay fine and this is all under the interstate commerce clause yep it's a federal crime to feed zebra cream taken from a quarantined zebra to any animal except one that's quarantined with the zebra from which you got the cream <laughs> because i remember the the great cream caper of uh, 1973 where Quarantine zebras were just being milked by ruffians to <laughs> feed zebra cream to other animals. Oh, zebra cream just sounds disgusting. <laughs> I mean, so, there, so it's it almost sounds like there's probably a federal regulation against uh, running with scissors. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is a federal crime to sell sparklers without warning people not to touch the glowing part. <laughs> it's illegal to have a campfire where you don't want people to uh, reach into the bedded coals. Seven USC section four ninety one makes it a federal crime to receive out of state melons on someone else's behalf and destroy the melons for no good reason. <laughs> I think I do want to commit that one. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what happens when you Congress creates a set of laws that says the secretary shall, by appropriate regulation, enforce this act. And what's even worse is you don't get to go straight to court, to an actual federal court. You have to go through the agency uh, system first, and then you end up in the Court of Federal Claims. And the Court of Federal Claims uh, is not an Article Three court. It's an Article One court. So there's no such thing as precedent. Each, except with, with each particular judge. So a particular judge's precedent can be used to support an argument. 
uh, as conclusive. But another judges in the same court who might have an office right next door, <laughs> uh, those judgments cannot be used as conclusive. They are, you know, uh, they are persuasion, but they 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 can't win you a case. Yeah, well, I'm at so the there's point, no. Well, I'm at the point where I'm not saying they're right, but I understand the people who say we just need to burn this whole fucker down. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to burn itself down. It's like, it's like, it's like, um, who was it? Chris, Chris Rock with, uh, or Bill Burr with hitting a woman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't hit a woman. I'm not, I'm not saying you should hit a woman. I'm just saying, don't tell me there aren't no reasons. <laughs> and it's, it's the same kind of thing. I'm not saying you should just, you know, take up arms, go out in the hills and start raising an army. I'm just saying... <laughs> I understand the impulse. (laughs) Yes. Because honestly, I I have no, I I don't know of any way to fix the system um, without completely tearing it apart and putting it back together. I guess, uh, you know, there's always the Kurt Schlichter solution, which is uh, the one we've talked about here fairly frequently as well. We're all just going to split apart into separate countries anyway. And then, we'll have a chance to start over again with, you know, whatever we're going to call the part of the country where we live. It's not going to be the United States. So whatever we're going to call it, well, we can start from scratch with that. Although if we do break apart, figuring out who's going to get what part of the national debt is going to be an interesting question. That would be, and also the, you know, the the military bases and all that kind of stuff. Yes, that would, uh, that would be a a large sticking point. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was a large sticking point when uh, we formed the United States, paying for all the war debts and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, the Constitution makes it explicit that all the debts contracted by the you know, United States were still going to be honored by the, the new government. Right, but that was after the Confederate States of or the uh, sorry, the Articles of Confederation. Right. Although, but, you know, hey, maybe just splitting the country apart and saying, hey. Those are T-bonds for a country that doesn't exist anymore. I guess it sucks to be you. I mean, that is a that, that is a solution. It is a solution. Just completely renege on the debt. And it's like going after a bankrupt corporation. You <laughs> say, hey, that country doesn't exist anymore. Who are you going to yes. sue? Go screw. <laughs> that would sure piss China off, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, economically, it would put everybody off on a bad footing. But, hey. You know, life sucks sometimes. I mean, yep. what does it matter? We're, we're, we're going there anyway. Yeah, quickly. But I mean, you know, we're not the only ones. Yeah, well, we're getting to the point where we're just ahead about, uh, about everybody in the Western world at this point. Yeah, the only saving grace is that we have a faster growing economy. Oh, I mean, we did. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got that, and also eight trillion of our debt isn't publicly held; it's being held by the Federal Reserve. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Which you know is the interesting question that I don't think you and I ever were able to solve, and we talked about it for three hours one night, uh, as I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Um, what if the Fed just says, "Hey, we'll forgive all this debt." Yeah, I, I, and I, I still don't know. I, I mean, I really don't know. It's, it has to have some consequence. It's debt that's held by a government agency. 
So it's the government saying, hey, I don't need to pay me back. Yeah. Uh, but then what, what happened to all that currency? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, that's how it got put into the economy. That's And I don't know. Yeah. I, you can just... <laughs> Talk about being in uncharted territory, my friend. Yeah. Having the Fed, because, I mean, we're $30 trillion in debt, but $8 trillion of it is being held right by the Fed. So our publicly held debt is actually substantially lower than our total amount of debt. And I, yeah, that's, and look, you know what? Uh, we're not going to solve it. We're just not. We're not even going to talk about it. <laughs> if we crawl down that rabbit hole, we'll be here for the rest of the night. We just can't do it. So, I agree. Michael, have a great week. Are right, you too. Bye. You've been listening to Observations Q&A podcast for Friday the 13th of August 2021. On behalf of Michael White, this is Del Frank saying thanks for listening. We appreciate the fact that you do. Hope you'll be listening again the next time. In the meantime, have a great week, everybody. So long. Bye.